Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Carefully, you'll put me out of work. Yeah, there's no audio until (laughs) we cut live here. Let's just make sure we're live. Yep, True Dot Tube. I built a pirate ship for myself. John Milky, thanks for being on the show, man. Uh, You were really responsive as far as getting back to me, so I appreciate the time. Milkman Unlimited, if you saw the title. kind of a one of my silent heroes we've never met before we've never even spoken before um but i i i used to go to your site a lot thinking i wanted to i want back in the radio business and so you've been in a long time you've had a a number of different positions your bio stacked uh so i appreciate your time (laughs) take as long as you need john just to tell everyone you know who you are where you came from and, and then we'll hit some of the topics of the day in your industry Jim, I'm just impressed you were able to say Milky correctly. Most people screw it up and end up calling me Mike. <laughs> just, just the way Milky spelled, right? M-I-E-L-K-E throws a lot night. of folks off. So yeah. you've been practicing it all night. Um, but it's funny, the name, the name Milkman Unlimited really was born. Uh, I was a kid who just grew up in Ottawa, mesmerized by radio. And there was just never a moment in my life where you know, I ever questioned what I was going to do for a living. It was going to be radio from day one. My earliest memories are of sitting in mom and dad's room, staring at the radio and just, you know, listening to guys like Ken, the general grant on CFRA in Ottawa, uh, staying up late at night, scanning the AM dial and you know, what's out there. And so by the time I got to college, I was, you know, I, I hated the name John Milky. It was just not a name you would hear on radio. So every time I would do a shift on the college station, I'd use a different name, trying to find the right fit. And my college prof sat me down one day and says, listen, I know who I'm hearing on the air, but what in the world is with all the name changes? I'm just trying to find the right fit. He goes, well, go with John Milky." And I said, that's a stupid radio name. He says, no, it's not. Of course, his name, John Henderson. Um, anyway, so he says, well, then go with Milkman or something. So there it was, bam. And uh, the Milkman Unlimited uh, website was born years later. And uh, I mean, really what he, he gave me, one of the greatest gifts, he gave me a brand. And so, yeah. You can't, it's nice that he gave it to you because you're not allowed to gloss yourself. Self-gloss <laughs> is not, you can't give yourself a nickname. You got to earn it. Got to earn it. Or be given it. And but it's uh, funny, you know, and, and we'll get into my, my, my record in radio, but it's amazing throughout my radio career how many times I worked with some managers who wanted the whole Milkman persona gone. Huh. Strange. Well, it lived through, so. It awesome. survived. Yeah. I didn't, but it did. <laughs> Tell us a little about your journey through COVID these days, man. And don't say a new normal, because I'll have to cut the call. You can't say that on this show. <laughs> there's What's, no new yeah. normal. <laughs> it, it, you're right, though, Jim. There's no normal. Uh, every day, mm. it, it spins itself in a different direction. We end up, you know, in, in a whole different WTF situation. Like, you know, didn't see that coming. Mm. Um, Just when you thought it could get more bizarre. Wow. I, I, I mean, 
I, I had started to build. So, okay. I mean, the, the, the short version of my story is 25 plus years in conventional radio uh, was out the door a few years back due to a format flip. Uh, and they let the entire on-air staff go. Uh, that's what propelled me into exploring internet radio. So my show has lived on on internet radio because the technology exists now to do this. Uh, and I guess I've always been that person who's had that foresight and that will to, you know, try and do something different. Um, uh, maybe <laughs> I wish I had the money to back it up, but <laughs> I at least have the will to, to try something different. Uh, but that kind of led me into uh, last fall, I, I started a podcast business. Uh, and, and it quickly became wildly successful. So a lot of guests in and out of the house. Well, that was a beautiful revenue stream for me and one that I really needed. COVID hits, can't have anybody in. So what are we doing? Well, exactly like you and I are doing right now. We're communicating via Zoom. I mean, the technology is there now that you're you're in Southern Ontario. You're in, is it London? St. Catharines. St. Catharines, I apologize. And I'm up the 401 a little bit, down the 416 to the 417 and here in Ottawa, the nation's capital. But it sounds like we're in the same room. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I've been able to, spin the the business model a little bit and retain uh, you know a lot of that but the in and out of the studio which clients still like that being able to go to a place right and not everybody's got a sound treated environment with the right backdrop and the right look and they like being able to communicate with a with a producer in the room and whatever else so i mean we're missing that element of it but um i mean as far as the on-air aspect for my internet radio show, which, which I've been doing, uh, for the better part of the last, I guess, five and a half coming up on six. Well, it'll be, geez, it'll be six years, I guess this October. Um, <laughs> the only, the only real difference there is, you know, the recognition that there are a lot of small businesses who are in a lot of trouble, um, and don't necessarily have money to fork out for advertising. And I don't know how conventional radio is doing this, knocking on doors every single day, asking for whatever money they're asking for, for an ad campaign. I, I know it's necessary, but can these businesses, they're not in the same position they were. So what I, what I did with my station, as I put it out there, pay what you can. Pay what you can, tell me what you need, and I will give you everything I've got. And that's a different conversation than I think a lot of advertisers are used to hearing. So I've been successful in that, thankfully, uh, through COVID. Now, is that Blast the Radio? So yeah, BlastTheRadio.com is, <laughs> is my internet station. Uh, started out initially, um, the whole reason I launched the show on the internet in the first place, uh, I'm someone who deals with mental health issues. Uh, and I was, of course, you know, working at an FM station at the time, um, didn't want to hide that part of me. In fact, I felt it was a, a huge opportunity, uh, to actually engage in some dialogue, uh, and probably a lot selfish too, because I was getting a lot of feedback and input from listeners who have lived this, who do live this, uh, and it opened up some really important conversations. So I didn't want to let that aspect go. That, that scared the hell out of me. The idea that I no longer had a show on FM. Sure, I had social media, but there's just that day-to-day -day interaction through the microphone that I really felt naked without and lost without. Uh, so I fortuitously uh, was able to find a way to get myself on the internet. It was actually an app. I don't even know what I was looking for on my phone, but I accidentally discovered an app 
that allowed me to broadcast on the internet. And I thought, fantastic. So I, you know, had to create all these different ways to get the audio from my studio, which I had already had a studio because I was doing voice work out of the house. How do I get the audio into my phone to broadcast? That was the only challenge. So I, I jury rigged a bunch of stuff. Uh, got up and running and then discovered, oh, wait a minute, there's actually like a piece of software I can just put on my computer and, and it'll allow me to broadcast. I didn't need to go through all that. But yeah, I launched Blast the Radio uh, pretty much five weeks after being let go from my conventional radio job. Initially, when I launched it, I called it spankuradio.com. It was always a tongue-in-cheek thing on my show when someone would call in and make a request. They'd say, spank you for playing that, spank you, spank you. And it was just kind of a silly little goofy thing. I don't even know how it started. But the whole spank, so spank you radio, giving conventional radio a sound beating, right? Clever. But I'm laying in bed one night about two o'clock in the morning and I, I just, I, I'm wrestling with it. I'm going, I can't. I can't call it spanky radio. I can't in good conscience because I'm running milkmanunlimited.com, which as you mentioned is a site you were already familiar with. Um, since 1996, it, it was one of the first websites out there to serve the radio industry in Canada. I was at the right place at the right time with it. So yeah, on one hand, there I am begging conventional radio to spend money with me and put job postings and send me your industry news. I love you. I'm your best friend. And I am. And I'm proud of that reputation. But then I'm running Spank You Radio and I just went, the optics aren't right. And I got out of bed that night and I'm about halfway down the stairs. My wife says, what's wrong? I said, honey, I, I, I can't. I, I got to change the name. She's like, it's fun though. I'm like, yeah, but no. So literally I was about the halfway point down the stairs and uh, remembered back in my teen years when I bought, we all had that stereo that was too big for our bedroom, you know, speak, <laughs> speakers the size of a Mack truck. And my parents, uh, just for fun, I don't even know where they found it. Uh, I mean, this is before the dollar stores, but it's just a little cardboard sign you know, in that diamond shape, you know, like a road sign. And it said, warning, blasting area. Ha, 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 ha. And it was just their way of congratulating me on saving all the money to buy the stereo system. And Blast just started popping through my head. And I, I logged on, uh, Blast Music, Blast the Radio, and the domain name was available. So I changed it right away. Thank God. Um, you know, and I, I think just, you know, I, I'm a big fan of old school, traditional radio. I, I'm not big on all these stations that use cute little names for themselves. I get why they do it. And it's branded pretty much right across the country. You know, it's not the only station with this name. There are five, six, seven, eight other stations with the same logo playing the same thing. I, nothing says radio to me like call letters. You know, it's, there's just something about that staccato presentation of a call letter and it's in your face and it's so unique to radio. Um, so the whole blast the radio name afforded us to go by BTR. And that just sounds like call letters to me. B T R. So it's, uh, you know, it, it all sort of worked out as it, as it should have, I suppose. Now, how long was that? How long ago was that when you got let go? So that was, like I said, five and a half. Uh, it'll be six years okay. this October. Cool. Yeah. Been doing for, for a while. And are you the only program on the show or you got other shows? No. Oh, okay. No. Initially, initially I was. And one of the first people to reach out to me, uh, interestingly enough, was a guy named, is a guy named Brian Kelly. I grew up listening to Brian on CFRA cool. and then 54 Rock and then The Bear. 
And he calls me, he says, man, and I happen to work with his son's like the head engineer at Bell Media, which is where I had been working. So, and actually I photographed his son's wedding. So, I mean, I got a long history with the family, but Brian calls me one day. He says, man, I love what you're doing. You're sticking it to them. And I want to be part of this. If there's ever an opportunity. So I got Brian that was sort of one of the first on board and, and, and he does some weekend shows for us. Uh, he's just happy to be back on doing something for fun. Um, I've attracted a number of broadcasters, most of whom have found, you know, similar fates. They've been let go from the job they were doing in radio uh, and, and are looking for a place to hang their hat, even for a little while. And that's kind of how I pitch it now to conventional broadcasters is that, look, you've always wanted to develop a morning show. You think you've got something with, you know, a co-host, but you've never actually been able to try it. Try it here. Let it grow. I've got college kids coming out of the Algonquin and the Loyalist College radio programs who, I mean, especially during COVID, nobody's hiring right now. So what are they doing? They've got all these skills. Well, now they're on, you know, two, three times a week doing a regular show. I give them a little feedback once in a while and they're able to grow into, you know, a much better broadcaster and, and, and gain that experience in, instead of just sitting around all summer waiting for this to blow over or disappear or go away, which it's not going to anytime soon, uh, you know, but, but, but for that opportunity to arise. So it's a real mix of veterans and, and people who just want to experiment and podcasters. And uh, now I've been able to attract some world-class uh, nightclub DJs, uh, including MC Mario. I mean, you know, if you grew up in Canada in the 90s, you know MC Mario. I mean, he sold millions of mixed CDs, um, made a lot of, of stars out of the artists that he played. And he heard about what we were doing, and he's like, man, I want to be part of this. So uh, that's, that's the momentum that we've got right so now. So how many different yeah. shows you figure you have? Easily a dozen. Okay, cool. And how did you get around the, especially when you're just starting out, especially if you didn't have a whole lot of resources, how did you get around the bandwidth issue? Like, can you have a hundred people come to your site, listening to all kinds of different shows and never have it skip or anything like that? Like, yeah, because uh, you basically buy, uh, you go to Shoutcast and you buy or you rent a server uh, and, you know, money talks, you know, and then the server I've got is, it's around their, their, their mid-range package. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's up to 10,000 listens at any time. Uh, you know, and, and, hey, if I if, if I get to 10,000 listens at any time and I need to spend more to get me to the 100,000 listening <laughs> bracket, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'll dig around the couch. I'll find the money. No problem. Yeah. How do you see this? You know, I'm such a huge fan of the terrestrial radio format. I, I love everything about it. But, yep. I, you know, and I still get in the car. I'm an AM guy. I listen to my local AM station. Well, not all the time, but. You know, mostly I'm on CDs now, I guess. But, you know, if I've ever turned the radio on, it's AM. And in my town, I'm a little biased because I've got some history with the station. The programming, wow. Um, and then quarterly hour breaks. It doesn't matter where you go on the dial. Mm -hmm. you got commercials everywhere. And yep. I, it's just the other day for the millionth time, I said to myself, how does this format survive five minutes how, how has it got even this far i don't know how any format survives commercial breaks that are that long um it, it it's really uncomfortable when you are in the studio yeah, and having to losing your flow 
Yeah. I mean, I like, it's sort of, this is one thing I completely lost when I got off the radio was my cadence because (laughs) in this format, there, there's no, there's no marks to hit. So I'm not wrapping up. I'm not call letters. I'm not calling numbers. It's the, my cadence just went to like a normal, I don't know. You're having a regular conversation with regular people. Yeah, but when, right? when I was on the air, either in studio with someone else or doing a monologue, there was a there was a it was like poetry, yep. and that's gone yeah. for me. I I can't even get that back if I tried. But I mean, you could you could you could build in breaks into your mm-hmm. podcast, um, you know, and, and depending on where your podcast is hosted, they can build in actual breaks for monetization, yada yada yada. So I mean, you can still do all that, but none of it, of course, has that same pressure you know you, you don't have that same pressure to get to a commercial break at a set time and and like you said they're always on the quarter hour and why is that well you know like why do both the rock stations go to commercial at the same time why do all four top 40 stations go to commercials at the same time the thinking amongst radio programmers is if they're playing commercials and we're playing commercials the listener's not going to go away on us if we're playing commercials and they're playing music we, we risk losing them. So station A, you know, if they move it from quarter hour to 20 after, station B is going to follow. And that's the zigzag, you know, that's the, that's the compete. I don't know why they stack commercial breaks like that. And, and, and if I'm spending my, my dollars as an advertiser, do I want to be you know, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth in a commercial island. Who's, who's with all the options I've got? And and you said in your car, just think of all the options that are on your dashboard now. Spotify is on your dashboard. Sirius XM is on your dashboard. All the AMs, all the FMs, internet radio through your phone is on your dashboard. You've got CDs. You've got Apple Music. You've got Amazon Music. Uh, it, you've got a million options in the car to escape to, but there's still this thinking that, you know, if people are latched onto a, a radio station, then they are radio listeners. And if the two talk stations are playing commercials at the quarter hour, quarter hour, then you're not, you're not jumping around. Hmm. They've got you. It, yeah, it, uh, not to mention crazy. The, yeah. Not to mention the, your ad dollars are literally not trackable at all. That broadcast that, uh, no, shotgun approach where yeah well yeah two hundred thousand people could have heard your commercial you know rather than hey no this guy clicked on your link and then he spent five minutes on your site and there's your evidence we got it all like i mean i suppose uh, i think they missed the boat on that maybe some have evolved to a point where they're they're giving online um trackable advertising to some of their sponsors, but it certainly isn't a mainstay. They may be. Um, one, of the, one of the standout conversations I had in my later years in conventional radio was with uh, one, of the, one of the big wigs in, in, on the sales side. Um, and we'd received a memo that talked about just how many people were coming to our website and streaming the radio station on the website instead of listening via a conventional FM radio. And the numbers were astounding. And I said, well, that's interesting. I said, so how does that affect what we charge for a banner ad on our website? And he laughed at me. He says, why would I charge for a banner on the website? I said, because there's a shitload of people on the web. And of course, I'm coming from the website 
side of things with my Milkman Unlimited. I'm going, because that's where the eyeballs are. And he says, no, 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 no. We sell radio. And, and, and if I need to really close a deal and sweeten the pot, I'll offer them a banner ad on the website. I mean, I walked away like going, dear Lord, (laughs) seriously, you're not seeing this. Okay, whatever. They may be caught up to that now. I don't know, but it's still one of those standout conversations that makes me scratch my head all these years later and and just wonder, you know, yeah, because like you said, in the digital sphere, and I'm sure you've seen it. I don't know where your, your, your podcast is hosted physically um, or virtually physically, but a lot of these podcast hosts you can track second by second by second by second throughout the entire 30, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, and you can see where people are dropping out, how long they're hanging in for, how much of this they actually consume. So I can go to a sponsor and I can go, look, when your commercial aired on my podcast at the 38-minute mark, here's exactly how many people heard it. That's amazing. It really is. Conventional radio can't do that. And I, you know, they're still out there selling on estimates. The whole ratings system is based on estimates. Yeah, even the PPMs. Yes. I mean, does PPM really give a true reflection? I don't know. And and what we're finding through COVID, great. People got these PPMs, which for the listener, if you don't know what that is, it's a portable people meter. It's basically a pager that you agree to wear. Traditionally, radio has been a diary-driven rating system. You agree to fill out a diary, and you carry this <laughs> literally like back in school. You got a duo tang, right? And you're supposed hey, to feel. Hey, like, can we just get a, like a, put a tracker on you? Okay, you click it. Okay, yeah. you're gonna listen. <laughs> but people have to fill, fill out a diary. diary. Oh yeah, from six a.m. to six fifteen on Monday, oh. I listened to this. Yeah, and they it, know who fill those things out as radio industry people. Well, I don't want to say that because I, you know, there's a lot, there are a lot of issues that can happen for a radio station and a radio company if that happens. Um, I I would like to think that anybody working in conventional radio is smart enough to say, look, you've got a diary, you fill that out honestly, and you fill that out completely. Of course, we'd love for you to mention us, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but... It's yeah, that's 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 dangerous game people are playing there, and it's been done, but. You know, but now with the portable people meter, so people actually attach this thing. And, and what they found very quickly was that stations that were, you know, at the top actually ended up somewhere in the middle. Stations that were bottom feeders ended up closer to the top. And it really, it really made things topsy-turvy because what happens is in a diary, you're only going to write down the radio stations that you remember listening to. That's not a true reflection of what you've listened to. In your day, you'll be exposed to countless radio stations that you may not necessarily pick. You're at a restaurant for lunch. You're at the mall. You're, you know, here, there, and everywhere. Well, you're exposed to the station. Whether you choose it or not, your portable people meter reads that, tracks that. They do have Bam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's that. But then along comes COVID. Well, you don't have people into the same you know, nine to five routine that they would normally be in. So less people are listening to a morning show. They're not in their car. They're working from home. So what becomes the big listening thing? The midday show. Well, did that person act? I mean, if if I'm working in my PJs from home, did I remember to put my portable people meter on that day? I don't know. I got a lot, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a better science than the diary system, but is it perfect? 
I, I think what we're probably, you know, going to be finding out very, very soon is that mm, no, there's, there's a lot of problems with this system in a pandemic. I don't know why they can't just develop an app that sits on somebody's phone that they agree to activate, you know, for a week or two. Uh, and then it goes away and disappears. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got this ability with all kinds of apps now that, you know, you hear a song playing at a wedding. I was at a wedding on Saturday and I didn't recognize the song. Uh, and there was another one. It's like, why have I not played this song? So I just give this thing a little boop. It tells me what song's playing and keeps a history of what songs I've gone looking for. Mm-hmm. I'm essentially building a playlist for myself. I build my, I take my playlist from my Shazam list. Everything that I, you know, yes. if I'm listening to uh, internet or, yeah, usually I found myself, I, I'm a Bell subscriber. Um, the digital music, I like 902. It's a dull alternative. Yeah, there's a little too many. You're listening to yeah. Stingray music. You know, but that, it, there's, at least there's no commercials. And I found a station that's fresh, that has enough familiarity that mm-hmm. it makes me feel good. But then a lot of songs, I'm like, hey, what's this? Click. And yeah. then my iTunes or my, my, uh, yeah, my iTunes list. It'll pop up on the app. No, you want to buy this? Yeah. yeah. And then that's where my playlists get generated yeah. from. Oh yeah. What was this? I listened to Oh look and you can scroll back. So yeah, thank God for Shazam. I'm so, you know, yeah. And, and like the, the, one of the cool toys that I've discovered on Spotify, uh, is they've integrated with, uh, an amazing traffic app called Waze, W-A-Z-E. Oh. Right. And Waze is updated by users. So if I drive by an accident, I right. can report to my Waze app that there's an accident at this intersection. Or radar and, too. And that and fires and roadblocks and construction and Antifa. <laughs> and, well, sure. And it, but it'll it'll notify it'll notify the next person coming through that intersection who has Waze as they're listening to Spotify. Turn left here. Do yourself a, I mean, come on, radio, how does radio touch? No, I'm, I'm starting to think about Spotify. You know, I, I used to be a really regular Rogan consumer mm. and, you know, I've gotten off it because more political and I kind of find myself going towards other outlets, but lately, you know, he had Nikki Glazer on the other day and then Whitney Cummings was on the other day and yeah. I, I'm like, I'm going to miss this guy, man, because he's just, he's so authentic and whoever thought we'd be sitting here doing long form commercial free no interruptions talk as long as you and i mean as long as you want he does yep. three hour shows you know my shows aren't typically that long but uh i just for the first time i'm like geez i can see myself because i've got apple music i've got you know this and that and this it's and overwhelming that. i have to be a spotify We're, subscriber now too it's overwhelming just to get rogan yeah yeah you know, and, and and the thing you know spotify is big in the news right now just how little they're paying the artists who produce oh, really? this music it's Money you know that's that's where i have a tough time because i've got so many friends who are musicians and i value the music so much me too you know to know that like like literally like fractions of a penny are going to the artist for every single time i stream a song mm. you know I, I i mean you and i are around the same age i never had a problem going into the record store i was proud to plunk down 10.99 20 bucks whatever else and buy the album I knew I was supporting the artist. I knew that I was, you know, I was making a monetary decision. This is the artist. This is the music I choose to support. Here's my hard-earned dollars from all the lawns that I mowed. I want this, and I covet this, and I still do today. Does a kid who has grown up on Spotify or Apple Music, do they covet that 20 years, 30 years from now? It's, 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 it's also strange. It really is. 
and it happened so quick. <laughs> how did we get to here? Yeah. How do you uh, how do you set up for that? Because that's a, one thing that I'm having a well. I, I just I had a YouTube channel that exploded. Mm -hmm. It was ten years old, and then I started working on it a couple of years ago. Cool. And then last year in November, I blew up with the Tucker Carlson and Don Cherry interview. I That'll couldn't make any money off it because I wasn't monetized. Sure. I didn't have my thousand subs. But, but the numbers this, will be there with the, the, I was dragging my ass to bed yeah. and I just clipped this thing and I threw it. I love grapes and I've yep. become a Tucker Carlson fan as well, as far as political commentary or just news. Sure. And I woke up in the morning at 30 or 40,000 views and I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> and so I got creative. So I started carrying Don Cherry's podcast. I'd have it up before him sometimes on YouTube. And I talked to Tim and he says, oh, geez, you know, we appreciate all the pub, but my YouTube channel, because I was really proactive with it and it wasn't yep. my content, I think people either thought, I mean, the Jim Fannin show, it says Jim Fannin here, we mm. post clips. Some of it's not mine. Anyways, between November when Cherry got fired in about, I don't know, it was less than 30 days. I had my thousand subs. I was monetized. Next thing you know, wow. I had 3 million views in March. 6,000 subs. It was blow. I was getting a reaction on just doing my podcast. You know, I did the, the sentencing of Roger Stone and I had a really cool conversation going gone. The last thing I put up was a Don Cherry, uh, podcast that he had COVID in the title, both coronavirus and COVID. And a day later, the whole channel was taken down. No strikes, no, wow like i had some copyright you can't make money off these things like y'all y'all do gone with no recourse nothing all they what, said what, is what, no. what was the, did they even give you a reason or they is said it just I a violated 5h of the tos which is a bot basically to increase followers or something but that that's just garbage I'm like come on, i don't have the time or the oh technology. so the accusation then is that yeah, well, you're I using was, you're using the hot term covid no, the, the way I understood it, 5H referred to using a machine to gain followers or likes or plays. Right, which will implement the hot keywords of the day. On my new channel, I did uh, something the other day. They told me I was uh, putting children at risk. And I went, I think I was just I showed a video of a cop walking over to a, a, a four-year-old dressed as a policeman, you know, this beautiful moment where this white cop was greeting this black kid dressed as a cop. And I think that's what actually, and they didn't even tell me it was down. They didn't give me a notification or anything. So I had to go scroll through and then find it. And Oh, it's, they removed it, but no notifications. So. I say this all the time about Facebook. I, I just, I cannot wait for whatever's next after Facebook, this arbitrary, you know, on one hand, I'm scrolling through my timeline and every second ad is for some weird sex toy or something from Wish. And and then you post something that's even, you know, slightly cheeky, like, good night, my little devil or whatever. Oh, sexual overtones. Here's two weeks in, in Facebook prison for, and you know, there's no human being behind this. And that's the frustrating thing, right? Is you're dealing with bots, like you said. That's who got it me uh, took me down was a covid bot they were just censoring covid at that time you don't get to argue to... you know you don't get to argue it you don't get to find out why you don't get to find out who complained whatever else it's just 
I can't wait for whatever comes after Facebook. Yeah, Please I always say, can you, can you just imagine this for a moment when we say, hey, remember Twitter? How cool that was. <laughs> yeah, it's like, remember right? MySpace? Or, yeah, remember, MySpace oh, is the go-to. Everybody, you remember yeah. you used to wake up in the morning and check Facebook right off the bat? Oh, I'm so glad, that, glad that's gone. Yep. <laughs> what replaces it is... Uh, who knows but well that's just it but i to me i i think you know as facebook makes more and more changes that are you know they're they're about to make a whole interface change come september one and and you know if you're listening to this beyond september one it's already been done uh you know i recognize a, a podcast lives in perpetuity um but you know the more and more they piss the users off and make it more about the algorithm that suits facebook because they want the top content creators to be what the people see because they can attach more advertising to that. They're forgetting about what made them right. And what their purpose was. They were, they are a social media site. People log on and use it to communicate and to share goofy little silly things and even political things with their friends. Um, and, and if all of a sudden I'm not a top content creator, I'm just someone who posts, you know, the occasional comment about, oh, you know, my, my kid had a wonderful day at the park today. My friends aren't going to see that. Well, how long until those people start really pining for something else, mm. you know, and, and that's not, I think, indifferent to, you know, radio and how it's moved on to, like you said, it's about the advertiser. It's, it's. You know, let's make sure that, you know, our listeners can't move away from the advertiser. It's, it's, you talked about cadence, you know, and that whole presentation that goes along with radio. I mean, I'm sure you hear it now. They're reeling that all in and they're trying to do away with all that because it's all about playing those 14 songs an hour. Well, I mean, Jim, I'm 51 years old. You know what I've never done in my life? counted the number of songs i'm hearing on a radio station but this is how like this this oh, is no, i'm too busy yelling music shut up <laughs> this like, is I a mean, good song turn it up i hate that song turn it off it's as simple as that but these researchers and heads of programming and and consultants come in and no we got we, we got to got to get the talent to back off and just have the you know you know have them talk for like 3 seconds when I, when I, just before I was eventually gone from conventional radio, that's what the conversation was. If you can say it in 30, awesome. Now say it in 15. Oh, you said it in 15, do it in seven and a half. You know, I would, I would get memos. You need to play 14 songs an hour. I, I, I mean, not every song is the same length. So how do I get 14 songs in the hour? When you've given me two commercial islands that are nine minutes long each, there's 18 minutes. I promise you, I'm not talking a whole hell of a lot, you know, on the show. So like, how, how has it survived then, John? Like, seriously, habit, how, how have we become... Habit. People are creatures of habit. People still love their radio. People still... And people... The car is radio savior right now. The car is... is that's the habit-forming thing for people. Look at, the, you know, have you got kids? No. Not Nephews, yet. nieces? Okay. No, I have a niece. She's completely grown now. I have a four-year-old. Okay. Around with. <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got a niece who uh, is, is in her late 20s, early 30s. There's no radio in their home. They're not listening to, and this is, this, you know, when she was younger, 
I was the cool uncle who would, t- you know, take her to see Hillary Duff and Lady Gaga oh, in yeah. concert. So, I mean, radio was a thing for her. It's not anywhere in her house. The only time she puts it on is in the car. And even then, she it's tends to... a mistake to, almost. Or, or it's on by default. Then mm-hmm. she plugs her phone in and off she goes. Right. I, I don't know how it's surviving. I mean... Well, you talk about the nine-minute islands. I, I can't believe with our attention span been completely almost eliminated. I mean, as soon as we're bo- like we're not, we're never bored anymore. We just could look at our phone, right? There's no <laughs> right. You know, you remember those times when you had to sit and wait and do nothing for five or ten minutes or a half an hour. Now you, the, the whole time you're you're busy. There's nothing, yep. you know. And I can't believe that in a day and age where it's just so easy that as soon as the music's over, oh, you're on a commercial? Well, I'll go to a different station that we put up with nine-minute breaks. Yeah, it, it, it astounds me too. And, and I, I don't know why. And this is, you know, on, hey, it's, it's one of the things that's bothered me enough that on my own internet station now, I build my breaks that one commercial plays every 13 minutes. You know, and then like it's it's a commercial here and a commercial there and a commercial, and it's sprinkled throughout the music. To me, as a radio fan, that's a lot more appealing and a lot more palatable. I don't know who listens to the nine minute commercial sets, and I know that the odd time I don't listen to a whole lot of radio anymore. I, I try because I've still got a business that is all about radio. I, I still want to be aware of what's going on. Um, Plus, I'm kind of competing against them, so it's always good to look in the rearview mirror, right? But, you know, the number of places I can drive to in 10 minutes or less is incredible. There's not a whole lot of driving I'm doing anymore where I'm in the car for an hour or an hour and a half. And especially, like, I'm in Ottawa. This is a government town. We, we don't really have a traffic problem in this city. We have a rush hour problem everybody's going from the suburbs into the downtown typically with it you know pre-covid everybody's coming from the suburbs into the downtown core to work and then we're leaving the downtown core and we're heading back to the suburbs we're all coming and going at the same time to the same place and you know that's a captive audience but at most i'm in my car for an hour maybe an hour and a half you know, you get into some of the bigger metropolitan areas, you get into the GTA and whatever else, and people aren't necessarily working a nine to five government job type thing. And, you know, it's erratic. And sure, you know, uh, maybe that makes, uh, you know, their commutes a little longer and, and maybe, you know, that's makes a little more sense. But I mean, there's a lot of places I can get to where if I have the radio on and you've just started a commercial island, I'm not even hearing a song by the time I get to where it is I'm going. That's wrong. That's just wrong. And it makes no sense to me. And it, but it's everywhere. It's, it's, you know, it's in the U.S. It's in Europe. It's, it's it, somebody in radio knows something I don't know. Who are you uh, licensing your music through? That's, another, that's where I was going with the YouTube story is, you know, they're so tight on if you want to broadcast live, I don't even think you can broadcast live licensed music that's no you can't immediately. and like you can upload music in the background of your show 
afterwards, but I think they take a different position if you're broadcasting it live for some reason. I could be wrong on that, but I never get a copyright strike. I just they just there are so, yeah they can't they're, make they're, money off this, but I prefer not. Right. So if you're if you're broadcasting from your site, what are you just paying a SoCan fee or something like? I that? I reach out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've got you know, deep rooted and long lasting relationships with a lot of record companies who have long, you know, been banner advertisers and, and, and whatnot with my website. And when I launched this thing, I reached out just to make sure I want to, you know, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be getting calls from, you know, lawyers saying, uh, you can't do this. You can't play strong. And uh, I reached out to SoCan. Uh, I've got a great contact at SoCan who assured me that, you know, uh, here's everything you're going to need and supplied me with all the paperwork and stuff to, you know, make sure that, everything was was going to be kosher uh and she's my go-to whenever something comes up um you know and every now and then you you hear that you know well there's there you know what about this organization and that organization and you know like socan looks after a lot of the canadian side and then there's you know mostly the artists and composers but they're not necessarily the rights holders so there's this company that takes care of this that the other anyway i was really lucky to find someone who just basically said here's what you need to be doing and supply me with the paperwork. But yeah, it's, it's so can is the, is the flag that I fly on my website. Um, they assure me that everything that I filled out and the fees that I pay go to the appropriate places. And uh, if I'm wrong on any of that, then uh, I'm more than willing to work with those companies to make sure that it's right. I mean, I'm fair, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of the first out of the gate on this. You know, uh, he wants to do what? He wants to stream music on a radio station from his house. What? <laughs> like it took, you know, I got a great relationship with Warner Music going back to my days at the radio station, you know, 20 some odd years with the same record rep who loved, loved what I was doing right out of the gate and went through brick walls for me at Warner Music to say, this is someone we've got a great relationship with. He just wants to continue on doing the same thing he's been doing. He wants to interview artists. It took her five years to finally get through to them to the point where they're even servicing me with their new music. Up until then, I had to buy it and then pay royalties on it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it took that long for them to sort of come around to what I'm even doing. Hopefully for broadcasters who are now stepping into this realm, that becomes easier and easier and that the things that need to be done in order to ensure copyrights, et cetera, uh, hopefully they're, they're in a much better position to be able to access this and, and get going a lot quicker. But yeah, so can my, and my contacts there have been my savior to, uh, to assure me that everything that I'm saying and playing and paying uh, is appropriate. So you got to yeah. keep a physical diary yourself. It's not automated then. The computer does that for you. Every single song I play, it keeps a log. I can go back to two, you know, as far as 2015 and here's every song <laughs> wow. I've played in the order I've played it in. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's so cool. How's things changed just in the short time that you've been up and running as a, as a uh, pirate radio station? That's what I mean. When I, my guy came from my YouTube channel, who I sold on Gavin McInnes, which is one of my favorite political commentaries. He's a comedian from Canada. He lives in New York City now. And he, when he found out I was censored, he said, dude, let me build you a, a site. And then, uh, so, like, he had it up in no time. So there, there's some, some things to work through. But um, how has things changed in the, 
just in the, fu- the last, I, anyways, that's why I call it, I call it my broadcast pirate ship because <laughs> at least if I'm broadcasting from there, because I, I'm understanding that eventually I'm going to be gone from Twitter, YouTube. I've got three channels on YouTube now. I think I got a total of a hundred subs, not like my old channel, but you know, that the, they're continuing and you know, YouTube takes me down for no reason, doesn't even notify me. So if I really want self free self-expression, I need my own pirate ship. But you know what that is, right? So the YouTubes and the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Instagrams of the world, what they're basically doing is they've got these bots in place that recognize you're playing an ACDC song or, you know, whatever. And it just, it hears it. It goes, no, because they just don't want the legal problems. They don't want to spend that money to get into a legal fight up against Universal, Sony, Warner, etc 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 to fight it so they just they just ixnay sorry jim no music for you tough bananas now you want to do this on your own website you don't have those bots in place to catch that but you're likely putting yourself at some kind of risk that they could come after you and claim copyrights sure but if you've got, and, and I'll put you in touch with the people at SoCan, I mean, it's, there's even like a non-commercial license and it's like a hundred bucks a year. I mean, it's not a break the bank kind of deal. Once you start making some money, it's, it's, it's just, just like in conventional radio, it's a percentage of, is it your gross or your net? I want to say your net. Hmm. Interesting. You know, and, and look, I have no problem paying the artists. They deserve it. I, I'm no, a creator you know, too. I, I'm so I, I get paid for the stuff I create. Why shouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, no I appreciate your it. comments about, you know, having a bunch of musicians that's down here, I, you know, through the, through the show, because what I was doing when I was at the station is I would have the, the groups come in and play in the producer studio, doing the bumper music in and out of commercials. And it was awesome. My producers yeah. loved it. The listeners loved it. And then I'd sure. bring them around into the studio at the end of the show and we'd have a 15 minute chat together or a nine minute chat. There's a reason Fallon does it. And you know, yeah. I mean, tonight show, I mean, God, Carson did that. Letterman did it. They're always a live band playing you in and out of commercial. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. No, we had a lot of fun with it. So I got some deep connections with my guys and you know, I was at a CD release party last summer or something like that. And I can't remember. I'm like, you know, I give her my 20 bucks for the CD. She goes to give me 10 bucks back. Like, no. <laughs> like, I know how much work went into this. Yes. I'm glad to pay yes. 20 for the CD. I love these guys. You know, longer would take them to make that 20 bucks on Spotify a lifetime, mm-hmm. a lifetime yeah. for sure. So what kind of, I love, I love supporting these artists. I love supporting creators. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, for sure. I was talking uh, when you were talking. No, uh, what, what changes, significant changes have you seen in the online department since you, had your your pirate ship up and running more just the recognition from a lot of the traditional uh like i said the warner musics the sony musics that you know they now see that this is in fact a huge opportunity and a huge i mean internet radio is growing you know i mean the number of phone calls i got when covid hit from conventional broadcasters saying uh, I, I can't have my on-air team in the studio anymore. My on-air team of my local radio station sounds like they're in the tub. I'm serious. I'm like, close the shower curtain. It gives you better acoustics. Like, it's so echoey. Go to Walmart. Spend. <laughs> believe serious, it. Seriously. This is a Bell station, too. Go like, to Walmart. 
buy the mattress foam for $30 and just at least dangle it in front of you. I'm sitting in a space right now. This is my dining room. Okay. And you, and I'm on camera and I recognize that. And I'm sure I'm not too terribly echoey. I'm in a fairly wide open space. But what I used to do when I, this is my initial podcast studio. And I took two, I also do photography. So I had two photography backdrop stands, which I think will cost you about 35, 40 bucks. It's two, two tripod stands and then a bar that goes across. And then I went to Princess Auto and I got some moving blankets for 20 bucks a piece. And I basically wrapped this room in moving blankets. That's exactly what I did too. Knocks it down, mm. presto bango. There's not a huge investment in this. And if now I think, what the hell am I doing this for? You really don't. Like, I'm an audiophile. I like hang a quilt, here. hang a heavy blanket. Yeah, you you're really golden. Don't. You look at these guys that are kicking ass and on uh, internet radio. They they don't care. It's all content based. Like yeah. some of these big producers sound like yes, a speaker like this thing, and the microphone's ten miles away. Even the major studios yeah. screw it up all the time. So you know, I think I spent too much time. But Jim, that. I'm working. I'm working with so many broadcasters now who are coming out of conventional radio, and you know, there's there's no job there for them. So now they're kicking tires on podcast. Okay, milkman, help us out. What do we need to do? They don't even know how to properly position a microphone. They don't know the difference between a, a file that is recorded at 160K or a file that's recorded at 98K. They don't, broadcasters are not learning this. They don't understand this. They walk into a room, it's set up for them, they push the button, and then they go. And it astounds me at the college level that they're not teaching this. And I'm working with students who are coming out of the program or in the program who don't know the difference between 160K and 128K. 160K is CD quality. Anything above that is amazing. A phone call is 96K lower. But the number of people that'll do a broadcast at 96K, and it sounds like they're, you know, like you said, it's in their bathroom. Mm -hmm. Now, it, you know, I, I don't want to speak to any particular station and what their setup is. They were all suddenly in a situation where, oh, shit, we got to get people, you know, set up and going out of the house. How do we do this? And, yeah, I got a lot of phone calls going, okay, what is your setup? How are you making this happen? Can you coach me through this? You know, I, I, I mean, a decent internet connection. I mean, my studio downstairs, I've got, I've got a variety of setups. So my on-air studio down, downstairs uh, is fully wired into a mixing board, which then goes into an audio server, and there's processing on that to compress everything and make it sound sexy, and it all stays within. You know, and I'm using a very high-end microphone. Um, typically in a radio station, the most popular microphone you see, it's from Rode. It's the RE20. I think it's about a $600 microphone. I can't quite afford that. I've got the step down. I've got the RE320, which looks similar. It's not as forgiving with the popping of peas, etc., but it's a pretty robust and decent sounding microphone. Then I've got a voiceover booth, which is actually an old sauna that I converted into cool. a voiceover booth because mm -hmm. it was easy to soundproof the damn oh, thing. Yeah, sure. uh, and I've got a, a top of the line Neumann uh, TLM 103 microphone in there, which is a specific microphone for big time voiceovers. It's just got a different kind of presence and a different kind of feel. And I really lucked into that at, it was mispriced at one of the local stores, mispriced by about a thousand bucks. 
Yeah. So I've got that. But up here in this space, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm using, um, this is a Blue Yeti microphone that I'm yeah, on I right now. Yeah, I noticed that. I didn't want to carve you on it, but was, is that a Blue Yeti? You're the Blue Yeti is, is I, I mean, that, you know, people sells it, Best Buy, Walmart, it's, it's, it's your run of the mill. But these things, you know, and I get into arguments with a lot of, you know, tech geeks about, oh, why would you use a Blue Yeti? I'm looking. One of my one of my most recent discoveries. I've discovered a show out of the states called the Burt Show, uh, which I think comes out of Atlanta, Georgia, but they're syndicated. I uh, and I first the Burt Show. Burt, okay. Burt is in Ernie and Burt. Yeah, Burt yeah. Weiss is uh, the host's name, uh, and he's got a great little cast of three or four people around him, plus producers, etc. Uh, and I really fell in love with just how organized that show is. Burt's an amazing quarterback. Uh, and, and that whole show is just pinpointed where, you know, Hey Cassie, what's coming up on the entertainment report, you know, and she'll give you a quick little blurb on that. Okay. Well, that's coming up in 21 minutes and I'll be damned if you can't put a stopwatch to it in 21 minutes. Like it's just, it's one of those shows that just, it moves like it should. Um, and then, and they had this real nice slick looking studio. The whole show was on, you know, was on video and it was just really modern and, and really taking advantage of the technology that exists COVID hits and now what well they're all working from home and what stood out to me and i didn't have a blue yeti but there they all were doing this syndicated show with the blue yeti microphones and i thought okay if it's still sounding this good I got to take a look at this mic and I'm a gear, I'm a gear nut. So I got the blue Yeti here. I've got, uh, I, I've got an Apogee mic right here. I've got the road podcast mic over there. I got a couple of Samson G tracks around. I love this stuff. This blue Yeti. I can't say enough. A USB it. mic. It's a USB mic for, 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 for doing this kind of general conversation. I mean, when I work with podcast clients for what, a couple hundred bucks, one seventy nine ninety nine retail. I'm picking them up on Kijiji. Look, here's here's another one. Yeah, I'm I'm picking them up on Kijiji for ninety bucks. I, I mean, you, well, you can't you can't go too wrong. I've always looked at them going. Now I I know you're using you're, you're using you're using the AT twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, which and is an amazing amazing for three hundred bucks. Uh, not even. Not, is that the USB version? No, that's the XLR version. No, the XLR, yeah. yeah. So yeah, by I the time you get into a my, USB converter, you're you're golden. Yeah, I just thought I thought the SM58 would be it for me because I see so many of them using it, and Stern used to use it, I think, and he's got so much compression on it, you don't know. But uh, he's never happy with the sound, eh? He's always tweaking it. <laughs> he's never happy. The guy's been in therapy for thirty years. He still doesn't I know. Want to leave the house. <laughs> Oh, he's got to be happier than a pig and you know what right now, because yeah, exactly that. He's got a studio set up in his house and it's now, you know, I don't need to go anywhere. Yeah. And that's, but, but that's another example. That show looks and sounds every bit as good as it did. And so when you talk about, you know, this diminished quality on some of your local broadcasts and then you oh, turn on the Howard Stern show, well, Robin's got the SM 57 or 58, uh, same microphone she had in the studio. He's using his TLM 103, but then, you know, all, all the peripheral players, you know, Gary and all the other guys that are on that show, they're all using different microphones, but it comes together and sounds like it should. You, if you didn't know that they were all at home and coming together via Zoom, you'd never question it. 
Mm-hmm. It sounds that good. So uh, is that a lack of direction? Is it a lack of caring? Is it a lack of affordability of gear? I don't know what it is. I, I hear bits and pieces of unconventional radio. Most of it sounds pretty decent, uh, you know, and I'm willing to forgive a little bit. And I think most listeners are probably willing to forgive a little bit of it too in a COVID world. Um, you know, we understand that people are working in an environment that is not necessarily, you know, a traditional radio studio. You're going to hear a dog bark or a kid cry or a doorbell ring from time to time. But yeah, the echoey bouncing off walls thing, there really isn't an excuse for that. That's, that's a simple directive to look, could you hang a blanket or something in front of you? You know, what do you think? 30, 40 bucks. I don't know that you've got any insight into this. What do you think the, what do you predict for the future of terrestrial radio? I think, you know, I've given this a lot of thought and I think we're at a real turning point now for conventional radio. I mean, we have seen massive cuts, not just radio, TV, newspaper as well. Well, it's like you said before we start broadcasting now, here's these major corporations like Mm. Bell and Rogers going, Mm -hmm. wait a second, we don't need the real estate? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Let's sell it all. And, you know, when you're dealing with corporations like that, it's not like the the money's going back into the business. This is the argument I have with broadcasters all the time. They get all upset that, you know, uh, why is, you know, oh, great. They, you know, they've sent another press release out that, you know, this person's show is now being heard in eight, eight, nine, ten different markets. You know, who wants to listen to that? It's such bullshit. Well, for the average listener, they don't care. We need to recognize that. Yeah, sure. Ideally, I want my broadcasters to be, you know, able able to pronounce my communities, my street names properly, etc. Um, but that's you know, if you owned the business, what would you do? The technology exists now that I can put a person live in five, six, seven different markets at a time. I can have them pre-record a show for an infinite number of markets. You're on a very basic AT2020 microphone with a USB plug-in. I'm on a $180 Kijiji Find $75-80 microphone. Sure, I can go downstairs to my studio. But the investment to do a decent sound is very, very small now. So when I think of what's radio going to look like post-COVID, I think they are going to be very attracted to the idea that people can now do this from their homes. Producers can certainly, you know, do commercial production and stuff. Writers can work you know from home. Salespeople already work from their car. Why do I need a building? The only guys Why? going to the studio still are the producers. I'm like, oh, oh. so. Are they not, though? Are they? Account. Well, I was talking to my local guy and I'm like, let me guess. You've been coming oh, in the you're, whole you're time. Talking, while you're, talk, the you're talking a talk show home. producer. You're yeah. talking a talk show producer. Yeah, absolutely. Right. The bells and whistles for a talk show are totally, that's a whole other thing. But not something that can't be done and implemented in a home environment. Mm. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, you look at the cutbacks, and and not just Bell and Rogers, but every single radio company and TV company across across the country and around the world. The U.S. is no different. Um, Are they still making you, any money? Are they still profitable? I, I mean. I read a report from Canadian Association of Broadcasters not that long ago that said radio revenues in Canada the first quarter uh, were down about 68%. That's what COVID is well, doing COVID to radio. Hit, who the hell wants their commercials on when their businesses are closed? You know, like, oh, no. According to the radio stations I listen to, every freaking car dealer in the city is still doing fine. It's car. That's the thing that kills me. Nine minutes of commercials is one thing. Nine minutes of car commercials. <laughs> The only guys that have the money to throw away like that. How often? How often are people buying a car? 
I buy, I, I lease mine. So I'm good for the next six years, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand it, but yeah, I, I mean, I really think that's where we're going to end up uh, is there's nothing left to cut. We've amalgamated this. We've simplified, you know, we've got, you know, one morning show is on 10 different stations. One midday show is on 15 different stations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, now it's down to the real estate holdings, you know, and my old, my old station, um, you know, it was, it was owned by Chum originally. And um, the building was initially in, in an industrial park. Um, you know, still kind of flashy, but in an industrial business park. Um, and the only reason they moved it, and, and we actually, the Chum Group bought two other local radio stations, literally picked them up in moving trucks and moved them into existing studios that were in that building. It was big enough to accommodate them. Literally picked them up, you know, and dropped them in. And we now had, we went from two to four radio stations in the same building. The only reason that they moved it downtown was they wanted to assimilate radio and TV properties into one building. And Moses Nimer was a big part of that. And of course, Moses was big on the whole uh, live camera uh, from the street. And so he wanted that for Ottawa to be right in the heart of the Byward Market, in the shadows of Parliament Hill and all that stuff. And, you know, like walked around the Byward Market, put his hands on buildings to try and get the right vibe in the place and settled on what was a mall on George Street in the Byward Market. Well, I mean, the Byward Market is pretty exclusive real estate in this city. Like that's, you know, and to buy a mall, oh my gosh, right across from Rideau Center, uh, in the heart of everything, uh, you know, and now they don't do any of that kind of stuff. And of course things are shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. I mean, it must be, it, it seemed, it seemed gargantuan even when I was there six years ago. I, I can't imagine how massive and empty and cold a building like that must feel for anybody who's going in these days. Well, but I mean, they're sitting on one hell of an asset. That's, that's where I think it's going. Sell, sell the physical real estate, move it all to home-based studios and broadcasters, have them on multiple stations, and you've got a chance to keep that bottom line. Every eight, 10 months, 12 months in my market, somebody with a decent um, salary just disappears from my radio station yep you know and then the shuffling takes place and then the moving of the times around and listen you get used to hearing a guy nine to twelve every day and those same callers call in every day yeah. and then you move them to the drive between four and six you just like for me you lost me i'm gone but I you're a creature more, of habit people are creatures yeah. of habit i don't listen to talk radio afternoon period i used to listen to it like you know, seven to noon at my office desk, because that's, you know, I preferred it to, you know, I listen to local news and whatever, and it's sure. in the, on in the background yeah. and afternoon click. Like I, I turn out, I'm out of the office. I'm listening to CDs or FM radio or satellite or whatever. And uh, <coughs> yeah, it's, um, it, it's interesting to hear you articulate that because what you're basically saying is, you know, this is my allotted time in my day to listen to the radio and you know, by virtue of that, I fell in love with this program on this station. The fact that you now then, you know, take this person, this, this host of the show and move them. Am, am I able to, to follow them? Am I going to follow them? If two to four is their new time slot and that's not convenient for me, 
as much as I love them, I'm probably not going to make that appointment to go and listen from two to four. I can't. I got other things going on. Yeah, I mean, they're always trying to, radio is, uh, you know, today's no different for them, you know, what it was back in the 50s and the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s with radio. They're always tinkering. They're always trying to find that magic formula and shake it up to, you know, to, to get the biggest bang for the buck that they can. And, and like you said, the big salaries, they don't have to anymore. They don't have to. I would, I mean, I, I'm a purist. I, I would love to find, and this is what I'm trying to do on BTR. Uh, in fact, I, you know, I, I sort of had a little play on the whole video killed the radio star uh, song of the day. I said, BTR is saving the radio star. That's what I want my station to be is cool. that haven for real on-air performers who love that old school, like the music, let's just do away with the music and let's just perform great radio. Or if we're going to play the music, let them scream and yell and play, you know, hit the posts on songs and talk the intros and, you know. Bring all I'm that stuff. John, I'm convinced. It's WKRP. I'm I want that. I love the music so much, and it's so much a part of what I used to do. Sure. And now it's just dropped off because it's, you know, I haven't figured it out completely yet. And the copyright thing, I don't, I want people to get paid. I don't want to be the thief. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> uh, I, I, I recorded something the other day, just, you know, closed circuit. I wasn't broadcasting. Yep. And I, I was... I had a couple drinks and I was playing some music. I had my, you know, my, my little corner camera and, and you know, a playlist. And I thought I recorded it and uploaded it. I didn't make it public, but I watched it back and I am killing myself. And I don't usually entertain myself yeah. at all. Just watching me bop out to music. Yes. And then talking the occasional, and I wasn't playing anything for yes. more than, you know, a couple minutes of not full songs or anything. I was just, Oh, I want to hear this. Oh, let's listen to this. And I've like, you know what? I would watch this guy listen and just talk nonsense. Who, who doesn't want to watch somebody have fun? <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't want to listen to somebody have fun? My show, by the way, myself that anyone else would want to watch it, but, <laughs> but they do what they do. There's Funny. an amazing platform called Twitch. Twitch started out for on Twitch the right now. community, right? Yeah. Where, you know, like, like if you're a football fan, you're, you're going to be gravitating to the TV every single weekend to watch CFL. Well, yeah, that NFL. used to be Justin TV, didn't it? Twitch, isn't it more? It may Justin have. TV? I don't know. Yeah, he used to be sports. I'm pretty sure. Justin but, TV, man. but these he gamers had this this Twitch channel online where they would watch other gamers and they'd pick up tips and whatever else. And they and that. and then it became this this thing where you could actually tip them. You know, so it's called. Now bits. you got all kinds of freaks there with their Twitch. System. Twitch is owned by Amazon now, right? And Amazon is hell bent on finding performers. So a guy that I used to know in radio, he was in the same market. I, I didn't actually meet him when he was here. He's but like he the new A&R guy for podcasters? Pretty much. He works. He represents Twitch. And he I goes out looking for real, out there, fun performers uh, who he thinks have a good video presence. So he came to me. And he moved, he moved mountains to make sure that I could stream my music on Twitch. He made that happen. He's licensed. Really? We don't need, you know, let's take the flag off this channel. Wow. Look at that, a human making things happen. I am the first music station on the planet licensed to stream music on Twitch. All this to say, and this is my father-in-law's synopsis of what I'm doing, <laughs> I am essentially a glorified human bobblehead. 
all I'm doing, Jim, all I'm doing every day is I'm playing a, I'm playing a tune and I'm sitting there in my studio and I'm, I'm bopping my head. That's it. That's it. And occasionally I talk between the tunes, you know, but I've got people gravitating to the channel. They're loving it. You know, and, and sure, you know, occasionally in the show, I'll throw on, you know, I take on a persona of DJ 2%, Milkman 2%. We call him that because he mixes the tunes, but only gets about 2% of the mixes, right? Uh, but I put on like this green and purple foam hair and sunglasses. Next day, it's an Afro wig and, you know, and then the next day, it's, you know, a red hat with, you know, bells and whistles Don't and do red lights on it. And it's just, it's just enough that people go, oh, there's a character. People like, scan twitch twitch is a growing platform for performers and there now some of it of course is your you know you've got your and hey look if i'm a 21 year old good looking young woman i and i think i can make money just sitting on twitch because guys are dumb enough to lob money at me i'm likely to do that too i'm not her so i can't do that so i gotta find other ways but just the number of channels that people are doing really innovative talk programming podcast programming political talk um I, I mean they get into real specialized stuff and the money that some of these kids there and most of them are kids the money they're making is oh. obscene but dude and, there it is and it's on your tv it's on your it's on your your tablet it's on your phone the, I, I mean your six o'clock news during covid is coming from somebody's iphone Every newscast I watched, they were outside, you know, next to their pool, sitting in their kitchen, delivering the news. We're there. We are there. Unbelievable. You don't need the fancy studio anymore. I appreciate your time, man. I kept you way over an hour. But, oh, uh, I appreciate has it been over an hour already? Yeah, it has been. Well, it's 416. How can people get a hold of you, John? Uh, a multitude of ways. Uh, Milky, M-I-L-K-Y, at blasttheradio.com or blasttheradio.com is the website. We're on Instagram, of course. Milkman Unlimited. If you're in the radio industry, I would hope you've heard of me by now. If not, um, let me put my ego aside for a second. Where the hell you been? Okay, ego's back. Um, <laughs> Milkmanunlimited.com. Uh, yeah, I got a variety of different businesses and websites that are out there. Podcastle and Blast Podcast are also uh, properties of mine. New I, hot properties if, coming if, up. If, yeah, if you can't find me, then uh, Google's broken. Cool. I didn't hear your question. Talent-wise, who, who you got that's hot and upcoming, or who you excited about? Maybe if they're not in your camp or under your banner. Uh, I, I'm so excited. I got MC Mario on board right now, uh, and he's doing that show. Specific, so he's got a show still in Montreal on conventional radio, uh, and he's doing this one exclusive for us. Uh, I'm really excited. Jim J.J. Johnson, who, when I first got into radio, I would hear that name, and it was as if they were talking about the Lord himself. Uh, J.J. was the head of programming for Chorus Entertainment, Standard Broadcasting for a long time, has been an invaluable mentor to me uh, from a business perspective, took me on, champions me in a big way, and is now doing this amazing Sunday 70s at 7 we played at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern and it sounds like I said you know it sounds like the radio we used to listen to in the 70s and it's a great throwback um, I've got an up-and-coming Algonquin College radio graduate named Danny T who's doing an afternoon show um, and, and from one show to the next I, I'm hearing I'm hearing the future of radio and it sounds amazing I've got Jesse and Jenna uh, who had a, a really great morning show uh, locally that never really took off. Frankly, it never quite got the marketing 
that I thought it deserved. Uh, Jesse ticks every single box on your list of stereotypes for a gay male. Uh, and Jenna is his honest-to-goodness, uh, real-life female bestie. And the conversations That's that cool. they can have and do have uh, are, are so unique and so overdue. Uh, yeah, well, they can so get away needed. with it. You know, you get, as a white, um, privileged man, you can't say all those things unless you check the intersectionality boxes. As Jay, call, uh, uh, sorry, as, as Jay, as Jesse calls it, it's his gay cloak of armor, right? Yeah, he can get away with that stuff. But they've got, you know, uh, they, they've got all kinds of, um, some, you know, once a contestant is off uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Canada, they're they're on Jesse and Jenna's messy podcast, and you can hear that first. They were one of the first uh, teams that I reached out to, and and I was nice. producing them here at home. Now they're pretty much doing it uh, themselves. Uh, we've just got a lot of exciting stars on our radio station right now, and and more coming. Uh, and there's this guy called the Milkman who's doing okay. Maybe check him out too. Golden voice. Ah, uh, you're very Smooth kind. Smooth like cream. You're. <laughs> <laughs> Checks right, in the brother. mail, Jim. Thank you. I appreciate your time. And, uh, Likewise. Thanks for your interest. We'll up again sometime, and uh, I may be picking your brain in the future. I, I, man, it, today was – I didn't – you know, you, you asked me what I what I want to talk about, and I never <laughs> know really where I'm going, but uh, I got a bunch of selfish little questions in for myself today that I wasn't – Well, but, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we talk mostly about the radio industry, but I think, you know, uh, the things we're talking about and the things we're seeing and the, and the frustrations that we're expressing – I don't think they're exclusive to the radio or TV industry. I think every business in the world right now, no matter what they are, retail, um, I mean, you name it, there's a, massive, there's a massive shift going on in how people consume everything. And we're all having to adapt and figure out where is this going? What is the roadmap to it? Uh, so, you know, uh, take, take the radio aspect out of this conversation and apply it to whatever world you're in. I think you're probably seeing and experiencing a lot of the same things. I think, you know, it's a scary time for sure. We need to be safe and we need to be, you know, looking out for ourselves. But at the same time, you know, from a, like in my industry, the technology has been sitting there. It's exciting for me as someone who champions radio like I do to see it finally being paid its due and being given the attention. And I think it creates a whole new landscape in the broadcast world because anybody can hop on and do a podcast now or a YouTube channel. And I think if you really look for entertaining content, um, you're going to start seeing more and more of it. There are some really intelligent, fun interesting folks out there with really bright, innovative ideas to do things we've never seen and, and heard. And um, I can't wait to, to discover it all. It's really an exciting time. It's, it's scary, but it's exciting. Cool, man. Love you, brother. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, man. And we'll get caught up again soon. I, I really appreciate your interest. I, I really enjoyed our time together. Thank you so right. much. Thanks, John. John Milky, if you need him, contact is in the bar there. And we should be offline now. Thank you, brother. That was very cool. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I did too. All right. <sighs> I will, um, I'm going to send you over an email. So you're at the top of my uh, list and uh, we'll keep in touch. So I appreciate the time and thanks. For yeah. Well, and, 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 and thank you. Cause when you reach out and you're like, I, you know, I want to interview you. I'm like, 
interview me for what? Like, because uh, you're, you're a you're legend, right? dude. You're a legend. Because well, you're because your LinkedIn is like, why does this real estate guy want it? Like, what's he I've talking a, about? I've applied for so many jobs on his site. I'm gonna try and get him. But, but, I, <laughs> but I'm looking at your LinkedIn on going, the show, and then that way, like, yeah, but, to the top. Like your LinkedIn, it just it's real estate, real estate, real estate. I'm thinking, yeah. I've done a little bit of real estate photography, but what in the hell does he want to interview me about? Yeah. And then I went. Oh, maybe he's got a podcast. And yeah, then I went, I'm maybe it's a job interview. And I don't even, yeah, yeah. And I don't even have a real estate <laughs> career anymore. I'm for the first time in 25 years, I'm without a 